And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Do you want to beat someone at golf? Like, do you just want to know that you're going to win? Because if you take me out on the golf course, that's a pretty fair assumption. I am a terrible golfer. And because of that, I don't play a lot of golf because I get smoked. My dad is almost 80 and he still beats me. Now, in fairness to myself, he's a pretty damn good golfer, but never have I beat him once. Now, fortunately, the world of technology solves a lot of problems. And I'm excited to talk about golf tech today. And before we do that, and before I introduce our guests, that's right, multiple guests today, people. I want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. And also, I'm proud to announce that today's guests have worked with Fullscale to build golf technology. With me today, I've got Ryan Hannebaum and Brandon Ebert, the co-founders of Parpoints Golf, the app that is available now on iOS and Android. Go down to the show notes and click the link and install it, and maybe you can still beat me at golf because that's kind of what it does. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Forward to being here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Now, yeah, I like to say I like to say that no one tells the story about a company more or better than the founder. And I'm going to actually ask Brandon to go ahead and lead off for us here. You get the first shot. All right. You get the first shot. And let's do, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you, about the app you've built and why you built it. Sure. So, well, thanks for having us. This is exciting to be here. Uh, It's been great work with you guys. You know, my story is very similar to yours. I have two boys, seven and 10, and I was excited for them to beat me the first time in golf but getting a seven and 10 year old to get to the golf course is sometimes tough. So a couple of years ago, we were watching the golf channel and, and they start, you know, Dustin or Zach Johnson was on the golf channel talking about how he taught his kids how to play golf, starting up close and working their way backwards. And I quickly realized that that's a lot better way to play golf. When you're shooting lower numbers, the game is just more fun. So I uh, started playing with my sons, my seven-year-old, my 10-year-old, my seven-year-old was playing a hole from 25 yards. My, my 10-year-old was playing from 10 yards and my 10-year-old, gets a par. My seven-year-old gets a par and he says, I think I deserve more points than my brother because I parred from further back. That makes sense. And uh, so one of the neat things about this is every time I have an idea that's, I think it's kind of fun. I always run it by Ryan and, and Ryan shoots most of them down. And when he said, Hey, this actually has some legs. I knew we were onto something a little bit more. Um, so yeah, so built kind of a, a golf app that, that makes the game more fun. Uh, it lets you have more successes along, you know, along the game. It takes away the stress of those those big scores that we all have in golf and just lets you have, have more fun on the golf course, really. So, Ryan, what were you thinking when Brandon – well, first off, actually, let me back up. How do you guys know each other? So we are brothers-in-law. Like, I, 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 okay. I coached – Your marriage. Yeah, I, 
Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I coached Ryan basketball way back in the days. Uh, helped me coach for a couple of years as well. He tried. He tried to coach me. Some of it stuck. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ryan, you hear your brother-in-law dials you up and he's got an idea for a golf app and a startup. I mean, so what, what are you thinking when this call comes in? I heard you, I heard you, you thought it might have some merit, but you know, like, I, I don't think either one of you guys were tech founders before you started building an app, were you? No, we weren't. And, and he's absolutely right. My, my default answer, anytime he calls up and says, Hey, I've got an idea, right? This is idea number 476 that he's brought to my attention. And my default stance is, is just going to, I'm going to listen politely and then find a way to, to impolitely shoot him down, right? Really make him feel bad about himself. Tell him how terrible the idea is. <laughs> but he comes to me with this idea and it just so happens that I was the perfect audience for it as well, right? I had played golf competitively in high school, you know, many moons ago and then kind of quit cold turkey. And it's not like riding a bike, right? Like once I tried to pick it up again, I was pretty bad. Um, and it's just, it, it's a steep learning curve. Uh, and it's not that much fun to fail at. And unfortunately, it's a game that you fail at a lot if you're not good. And if you don't play all the time. So he had my attention. Uh, I listened, we started bouncing ideas off. I mean, I think we probably talked for a good two hours that first night on the phone, just kind of spitballing what this could look like, uh, both from a scoring standpoint, you know, how we were going to change the approach of the actual game and then how we would power it. You know, uh, we quickly decided that a mobile app was perfect for this. You know, you have it on the golf course with you already. It's ubiquitous, right? Everybody knows uh, how to use it. And we decided that this was the way to go. And, and from there, we just kind of took off and, and started ideating and haven't stopped since. So as I mentioned, not being someone that's not great at golf, it's frustrating to to go out and play because, you know, like I know a lot of people that are great at golf, like a former business partner would shoot a 68 and that's 18 holes. That's usually what I'll shoot on nine. So, you know, but but here's the thing is I, I, I played a lot of other sports and I was good. And and that makes it even more frustrating for me to not be great at golf. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually okay. I'm not as terrible as I mentioned, but so with part points, what folks, what this does and why I think this is a cool app and you should download it and check it out is it rewards you. So you, if you wanted, you could start, you could start your, the hole literally like your son did 10 yards away from the hole, right? You can't, I think, I think there's two parts. One for people who are sports fanatics or people who follow sports, it's golf is tough because it's who has the lowest score, but it, in our game, it's how many points can you score? You know, the more points wins, which is the way almost every, every other game should is, is in sports. And so you're exactly right. Is you pick where you think you can score par from on every hole. And it may change based on different holes. There's there's holes that, you know, that you know, maybe you have to hit over water. Don't try to hit over water. Play on the other side of the water. And, you know, so you pick the point you think you can score par from, play from there. So on a par five hole, you get five shots to take. And if you score par, you score points. If you score bogey, you score zero, go to the next hole. Forget about it. Move on. Uh, so you're exactly right. Is It's just pick the spot where you can score par from, play from that distance, try to shoot par or better and, and get the points. So it's, it's almost like a skins format in some ways, because with skins, you win or lose a hole, or maybe you carry over a few. I get that as well, but mm -hmm. that makes it a little more palatable because, you know, I'll, I'll play 12 good holes and then four that are just terrible. And then a couple are just, you never know. But the problem is, is when you keep track of that whole round, I mean, you get a couple of 11s, it's kind of hard to have a good day. So now, yeah. All right. So, 
Ryan, question for you. So now your brother-in-law, you you realize he might be on to something. Um, you know, what first off, you, you have you have you been a tech founder or an entrepreneur in the past? Not an entrepreneur. I did come from the tech world though. So I worked at Sprint for a little over nine years um, in a variety of different roles from product management to user experience design. Uh, so I had that background in tech generally, as well as mobile app design. Uh, so I had a little bit of insight just from my own personal career in kind of what we would need to get this going. And, and I, I had a vision pretty early on of what, you know, what it should function like and what it should look like and how, how the user is going to consider this a success or failure from an app standpoint. Uh, beyond just powering the actual scoring of the game. Yeah, and I remember on the initial conversation we had about this, I asked speci that specifically because who's going to be the product manager? Who's going to run this? And because at full scale, we we provide high talented people to work with you and aren't like a statement of work kind of thing. And I remember uh, uh, talking to you guys about that, and also maybe even discouraging on some levels like hey guys know what you're getting just just know what you're getting into because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't always happen fast you know in the case of your app um there's some inherent complexity here because it's got to in order for you to know how far away from the hole you are it's got to geolocate you right that's correct and, and you're exactly right i mean that's there's a lot of pieces to that and 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 i we do appreciate the honesty and said if you don't have a guy like ryan and when you talk about building an app, you got to have the team built around you to, to go make it happen. And without Ryan, this doesn't happen just because of his design background. It was nice to have. So we, we really appreciate that. And, and then of course, working with the full scale team to say, OK, here's all the other pieces that I as a sales guy working in investments don't even think about it every single day of the week. Uh, it's been nice to have. So so with with knowing that there's some complexity and, and you know, one of the things and the reason I, I don't ever like to sound discouraging when talking to someone about their idea, I think I, we, we try to let people know what they're getting themselves into because the rabbit hole is deep. And I think you are probably know that by now. Um, but, you know, when I was asking about the geolocation thing, that's uh, there's some complexity to that. Uh, did any of that scare you away? Honestly, uh, it didn't scare us away at all. What it, what it did is just add that that additional layer of communication that was so so key between our team, the full scale guys, and then what ended up being the third party vendor that we found. You know, once we found the vendor, I think it was it was a lot smoother from there. There was there were definitely some some uh, sticky moments when we weren't sure if what we had in mind functionally was even going to be possible, right? To your point about geolocation and how accurate it would be, how quickly it could update, right? Like you don't want somebody walking around or driving around on the on a hole waiting for five minutes for it to, to pinpoint their location that defeats the purpose. They're not going to wait that long. Um, but once we located, you know, with a lot of help from the full scale guys to be able to pass them documentation, you know, API documentation to say, hey, is this feasible? You know, we've kind of given you the rundown of what we need to do. And we've talked to this vendor. Here's what they've got. We just pass it along and say, can you work with this? Yes or no. If yes, then we can go down the next step of, okay, what's this going to cost? What's the business relationship like? You know, what's the technolo technological, you know, connectivity needs between these groups? Um, but it, it, it added another layer of communication, but really... From my standpoint, it was kind of exciting once the answers started being yes to a lot of our questions, 
because that just kind of started the dominoes really tumbling as far as, okay, this is possible. Uh, there are companies out there that can power this. Full scale can work with this data and make it happen within the actual user interface. Um, and now let's go, you know, let's get it, let's get it going. Let's, let's add on all the layers of, of our actual game to the platform and data. And, and now we're off and running. Yeah. It's sometimes, you know, we, full scale takes a little different approach to, to development and, you know, we don't bid, you know, we don't tell you cause we don't know. And there's, a, and anytime you're going to build something fresh and new, I think you guys can probably validate this. Like you don't know what you didn't know until the moment you realize you didn't know it. And, uh, that's where, uh, you know, part of like the way we created our approach was wanting to be founder friendly. And there's a couple of things for those of you that want to build apps or do anything with that is like, I don't like what I say statement of work contracts. Uh, whenever someone says they'll do something for X price, they have every reason in the world to get it done with the minimal amount of effort and input and time possible. And if you think about that from a human, just a general human standpoint, that's not in your favor. And uh, also as a founder of a product, you have to be ready to roll up your sleeves and kind of know the ins and outs. I bet both of you. So Brandon, what do you know about building apps now that you didn't know a year ago? <laughs> there, you know, I, other, th other I, than that, it's hard. There you go. Yeah, it's hard and expensive. Uh, to, you know, kind of, to, and not only money, but time is, is a challenge. And so I think the, the, the terminology is the thing that took a long uh, curve for me to learn. I mean, the terms API. And then I think, but I think probably the thing that I learned the most was just you are in a constant state of learning. You just can't stop learning, whether it's how the app works or what is the app telling you. And those are the two major points that I, I, I learned the most is that we have to learn what's happening and what's our response to it every single time we're adding a new feature to the app. Um, so I mean, that'd probably be the thing that I've learned the most is you just have to, you have to continually learn every day and every, every implementation move on. What about you, Ryan? Same question. Yeah. I mean, really the, the amount of thinking that goes into every little micro function, right? Like we think of functionality, the, the three of us, you know, Brandon and I and, and Kevin, our, our other co-founder, we think of it in terms of these macro functions, right? Like we want it to do X, but within X, you know, we, as we start to peel back the layers with the help of the development team, X really comprises of 14 different functions that we need to take care of and consider, right? Both from a user experience standpoint, um, you know, in terms of what the app actually shows and how the user interacts, what buttons they have to click, and then what the app does behind the scenes, you know, every little thing, every, every path of logic, right, whether they hit button A or button B, or they don't hit a button, right, what does that do? Uh, everything's got to have a feedback loop, there can't be any dead ends, functionally, or that breaks down the actual the app itself. So I think every Every decision that we were making from a business standpoint led to 20 decisions that had to be made from a technical standpoint. And that, that learning curve was fairly steep, I think, in terms of us internally budgeting enough time and, and mental resources ahead of time, knowing that, hey, we're going to propose that we add in this feature, you know, in the next launch cycle, we know now how much time that's likely going to take, right? We've been trained a little bit from the development team on on correlating feature sets with time and effort and 
and judging whether or not it's worth it and how to prioritize those different things. Um, early on, it was it was a lot more of a kind of a shot in the dark where we would throw things against the wall and and get get some things rejected or pushed back on, and and we had to kind of adjust and scramble a little bit. Yeah, what what you just mentioned is a key ingredient for success as a non-technical founder is, well, first off, both of you said it, it you got to learn how to communicate with the technical people. And that doesn't mean you need to know how to code. I mean, it mean, but you do need to have some like really 101 kind of understanding just so you can have the same communication and language. And then I think you have a really great point. And I'm glad I, that was an amazing answer because... Uh, a common mistake that people make when they're building any kind of technology is they think after they have one layer of it in there that it's going to be the same complexity level to put the next layer on top of it. It's actually exponential uh, because, the, like you mentioned, the 20 things that might exist on that first layer to have that second layer and you have the term and all, all of it spot on. The, the logic. Logic is how software determines what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and, you know, like, and that can get really sticky. So the problem with building anything new is because you don't know everything you haven't, you have yet to figure out. It's sometimes like playing with your kids' Legos and three different sets get mixed in. And you next thing you know, your daughter's like, look, daddy, a castle. You're like, honey, castles don't have wheels. You know, <laughs> sometimes you got to take all the Legos apart and build them back again. But the more layers you have on anything, the, the exponential level of difficulty to make it work and make it function and make it go fast is difficult. So, you know, and that's, and that's a challenge. And now in this case, because of the, the nature of the app and the geospecific thing, even though you weren't technically in the hardware business, you kind of were. Because whether that is someone's phone or like, you know, locally here in Kansas City, we have Shot Tracker. Well, they have tens of millions of dollars to put a sensor in a basketball. So they have a true hardware item, but you needed to get yours to work with hardware, which I would imagine in some cases, not all golf courses are like A plus signal to start with. Was was that a challenge at all? We really haven't noticed it too much. There are a few courses that we noticed in the mountains playing that we're having trouble with signals, you know, based upon what, you know, what carrier people had and things like that. But for the most part, they, they have pretty good connection and there might be a few holes that you lose connect connectivity, but for the most part, you can, you can catch, catch a signal before too long. Yeah. And that was definitely one of the, the happy path deviations early on that we had to identify, right? Like, Hey, we build this app. It works great. We, we, design all these details in the functionality and then somebody doesn't have an internet connection out on the 16th hole of a course right and all of it goes to hell <laughs> and so what do we do about that you know and we had to build in you know mitigation cases uh for you know handling it without connectivity and then regaining connectivity and how do we reestablish, you know that point in the game where this where the user was at to have the the least interruption possible right it's all about that that user experience of Hey, okay, you lost connection for a little bit. We're on it. You got it back. Now we're good to go. You can keep playing. It didn't ruin your round and, and totally blow up your experience, you know. And, and by the way, it takes one bad user experience to get someone to usually never use your app again and oftentimes leave like a one-star review where 100 people that are happy will tell no one about it and leave no reviews. Uh, you know, so FullScale has invested and owns part of Mixtape the Game. And one thing that I learned along the way with building that is, okay, so we're talking about increasing levels of difficulty 
we almost need to make like part like entrepreneur points because the harder you make building your tech on yourself, the more points you should get if you get it right. <laughs> but getting so one of the things that that scared me in the beginning with the mixtape app is it needs to work across multiple users phones in a real time kind of way. Like you don't want to if you're 10, if you're 20 seconds late, you missed the whole round. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're pulling a card and whatever. And and that was something that really freaked me out because also when you start comparing, sharing iOS and Android across users and whatever, okay, now I give that like a difficulty rating of high because uh, you you have cross-platforms cross, cross platforms and a, a lot of different stuff. Did that present any challenges? Yeah, especially early on because we built it we kind of went in, you know, so it's built, we, we made the decision with the developers to build it in React Native so that we could get at least 80% of the way across both platforms, major platforms out of the gate. But we still had that decision point where we took a look at the landscape. You know, I think we even talked to you early on and you kind of helped us with the decision to, you know, get to that 80% point, but then push iOS over the finish line first with our American market. So we did have, the iOS version ahead of the Android version for a period of time around that launch uh, timeframe. And just the considerations of, okay, now we've got live users out in the field on iOS, we're building the rest of the Android version to get it up to par, <laughs> no pun intended, with the iOS version. And then how does that work? Like once we get to that, that you know, uh, level playing field between iOS and Android, now we have to make sure we've got that added layer of complexity of making sure that they're both staying level because we have players that are playing in groups against each other from both platforms. So we can't then have, okay, well now we're, we've gotten to level playing field, but now we have another version of iOS out with new features, but we're not on Android yet. Well, now those two players can't play together, right? We had to keep it. We made the conscious decision to keep them level, even if we had to restrain from launching certain features on one of the platforms to make sure that the other platform was ready to go. So with me today, I've got Ryan Hannebaum and Brandon Ebert, the co-founders of Parpoints Golf. I want to recommend that you scroll down to the show notes and click the links. We're going to make it easy on you people today. There is literally a link that'll take you right to the iOS app. There's another link that'll take you right to the Android app, and you can start playing right away. Um, guys, I got to tell you, and I don't, I don't just hand this out for no reason. You've done a good job building the app. Like it's cool, man. It like, it's, it's, it's very, it's user-friendly. It looks good. It works. Um, and, and you've had some fun with it. And, you know, then I think that that translates to, to future users. Now I'm going to direct this question to Brandon because uh, so Brandon, and once again, so you're a financial advisor when you're not a tech founder, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so what's the bit, what's the business approach with the app? Like what are some of the things and knowing that, that some of that is still always being figured out, but when you looked at this opportunity from a financial standpoint, where did you say, huh, we can make some money doing this? Sure. You know, my wife says we just invented the app so I can have a reason to play more golf. And I, I think I'll go with that as a little bit of the option. Uh, but you know, there's value part, there. There's value there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you know, I guess so. The business aspect of you know, we knew that um, really see a couple of different options. One is you know through just individual users. Let's grow in the users because we, we know people have fun playing golf, and golfers are a pretty tight knit group that like to to do some of the similar things. We felt like getting users 
you know, whether it's through ad revenue or you know finding products that they can use is going to be the first one. You know, and we'll continue to grow as as we think about you know different courses that you can see this as an opportunity to grow people playing on their courses as well, as well as golf pros that are looking to help people become better golfers. Uh, the biggest market in the golf world is how to become a better golfer. If you're looking for the number one search, uh, if you want to be the number one search thing on golf, if you can help people play better, improve their game, lower their handicap, you're going to win a lot of business. And and we feel like you know this did a lot, of, answered a lot of those questions for us. You know, growing up, I, I mentioned playing other sports and my dad, who was a very, really an excellent golfer, his friends call him the machine because he uh, he's that guy. He doesn't hit it far, but I'll tell you what, it's fucking straight. Like, and it's maddening. It's maddening. Like I'm a big guy. I can hit the ball forever. I just, sometimes it goes forever in the wrong direction. So, um, you know, but but there is there is something to be said about the passion that a lot of people have for golf and uh, and i grew up playing baseball football basketball he'd say to me all the time he's like you know you should probably be playing golf matt because you can play golf your whole life and you know looking back at it he he really that was a really strong argument because uh while i did play adult uh wooden bat fast pitch baseball i was also in a 25 year old to 45 year old league at 44 years old so i was literally like <laughs> trying to age faster so i could be the young guy in the worst league um but yes but overall i, I think one of the things is pretty cool about the approach and, and I, I like it because it's it, it you know like it just puts you on a different playing level. And I, I gotta be honest, like, I don't know if I understand handicaps and like a lot of that crap. I understand how it works, but I don't know what mine is. I know it's not good. And <laughs> so some of that is, is I think that anything that can make uh, interact, you know, interactivity fun. Um, you know, I think some of the things, even just like you look at golf tech in general and where some of, okay. So, you know, 15 years ago, I, I, there's probably like, did, I mean, you would have, I remember my dad having like some shitty little present that someone gave him. You could look through and try to see how far the hole was away. You know, it was like a little, like a visual viewfinder, like a nine ninety nine kind of thing. And it was worth nothing. It had, it had no help at all, but you know, now in some, in some courses, in some places, they have that kind of stuff built into the carts, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, the other part of that is, you talk about kind of leveling the playing field and the good golfer is still going to win par points. But part of the business aspect of it for me is that a lot of business deals are done on the golf course and you got to have a little yep. bit of confidence to go play. And, and so we feel like this fits really well. You know, our, our other uh, co-founder, Kevin Quinley is a zero handicap, far better golfer than Ryan and I. And it's sometimes stressful for those guys to play golf with very average golfers because we're hacking it down the fairway left and right. And he hits it, you know, 300 right in the middle hits approach shot, two putts for par every hole. You know, so it's an easier way for those golfers that want to go play golf, but aren't confident about having to play the whole round. Like, hey, let's go play, Kevin. I'm going to drop from 150 and play from there. You do your regular thing, but we still have a chance to talk every hole rather than him sitting in the cart while I'm hacking it down the fairway. Yeah, and Matt, you mentioned it earlier. You touched on it. One of the big things that keeps people away, like novices away from the golf course is that blow up hole, right? As you're starting to learn golf and you're getting better at traditional golf you have a few good holes in a row or you're doing okay right you're having an okay round and then you have a 12 and it just destroys your entire like you're you're pissed everybody around you starts getting drugged down because you're in a bad mood now you can't you know you've got 10 holes to go and you feel like you can't 
shoot a good score because you had that blow up hole and it just leads to more blow up holes. Right. And so it just drags everybody, including the good golfers like Kevin down with you. Right. And so that was one of the things that we kind of stayed true to our initial vision. We had, we had some feedback about like, Oh, why don't you let uh, you know, half points for bogey or, or just diminish the number of points you can get for bogey or double bogey and so on. And we kind of stayed pretty firm on, Nope, it's it's par points. You get a par, you get better, you get points. If you miss your par, just pick up. Like don't don't be hacking it around. Just just you you missed your par, you got a zero that hole, you pick up, you move on, you let it go. But that zero is not gonna kill you, right? The zero is not gonna kill your par points round like a 12, 13, you know, is going to in a traditional stroke play. So um we that was one of the things that that we've kind of resisted changing uh to date just to keep it more of a clean game, more of a pure arcade style game so i'm gonna i'm gonna lay something on you guys here that that might blow your minds so just get ready because this is pretty intense so i've been with my wife we've been together for almost 10 years we were together for a little over three years before she revealed to me that she had once had a hole in one <laughs> and i and i and i never i and and i was so shocked that we and, and you know we had been living together at that point for two and a half years and then she tells me and, and she told me as if she's like i mean is that like a big deal or anything i was like so my dad who's played like the hundred like thousands of rounds of golf has never aced aced a hole and he's like guy that probably should and then she didn't even tell me about it. So, you know, like that led to at least like a couple weeks of severe mistrust because if she wouldn't tell me about that, what else did I not know about? And yeah, so, you know, we, we I still give her a lot of shit about that. I want to ask both of you, do you find it completely crazy that someone could know someone that well and go three years without mentioning that they'd had a hole in one? I find it insane. I would tell everybody I knew within three minutes of meeting them, even if it was just on a subway. So I'd say the same thing. Yeah. I'd be, I, it would say on it would say on my business card or something. Yeah. Like I'd be like, "Hi, my name is Matt DeCourcy, and I once hit a hole in one." Yeah, I don't, I don't you, know Brandon? if I. So I don't know if I care. You know, uh, I, yeah, I would definitely let people know. I don't know if I care if I get a hole in one ever. Um, but if I, I just want to make sure I get one before Ryan does. So I think that'd be the, like, if I go my whole life without a hole in one, I'm all right with that. But if Ryan gets one and I don't, that would be, that'd be frustrating for me. So so some of what, and you know, part of why I led to that is, you know, part of, 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 you know, my wife doesn't like to go play golf because she doesn't like the pressure of other people watching and watching you miss and chunk it into the woods or whatever. But I think something like your app actually makes it a lot more, like I said, a lot more palatable and feasible and some people just need at this i think in this day and age need something electronic to mess with and like if that keeps your attention kind of like baseball is a slow game and some people are like you know it's just way too slow like some people just don't want to don't have three or four hours to go out and do that kind of stuff it might kind of keep you interactive and stuff like that all right so you know and once again we're we're here with the founders of par points golf you go to parpointsgolf.com as well as if you want to learn more about what they do, but just scroll on down to the, to the show notes and click the link. I'm going to make a post about that and try to get some of the folks in the startup hustle chat on Facebook. If you haven't visited that chat room, you should come by and see what we're doing. we got about 2000 people in it. And if that's not enough, did you know we started our own TV show? If I'm going to give everyone listening some advice, it's going to be, don't start your own TV show. It's a lot of work people. 
You, if you haven't had enough listening and joining the Startup Hustle chat on Facebook, go to the YouTube and type in Startup Hustle and see what we're up to get some real advice from real entrepreneurs doing real stuff, much like my guests today. All right, guys. So what's been the hardest part about, I, I, I'll go with Brandon first on this one. Brandon, what's been the hardest part about this, like all of it? Like you get one choice. What's been the most difficult thing of all? I always say the most important part of a CEO's job is allocating capital. Where are you putting capital? And I think in this process, it's been allocating capital. More importantly, how do we allocate our time and learning the amount of time it takes to get from point A to point B. Uh, it's probably been the thing that just how do we allocate time and where do we allocate that time to has been my biggest challenge. Because, you, you know, you realize you're, you're building an app, you're building a product you're building a company, you're building a team, you're trying to build all these things at the same time. When we started this process, like, oh, we just got to build an app and it'll all fall into place. Well, that's, that's nice to think, but that's not how it works. You know, there's a lot of, lot of layers you got to build on the app as well as the company at the same time to make it work. So I, I would say just for the last year, it's been allocating our time and our attention to the right things. Same question for Ryan. Hardest thing. You're only going to let me choose one. I would say... Yep. <laughs> that's an appropriate question no, by the yeah. way yeah you get a lot though. Yeah. i'll ju i'll jump in ryan you know personally i think ryan i'm the sales guy ryan's the tech guy so i think part of ryan's stuff is job is like no you can't do that yet brandon you got to wait because this 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 has to happen first so being the the go between between me and the tech team has been one of his biggest challenges i think Telling Brandon no is my easiest, the easiest part of my job. Um, explaining to the developers. That, do, that, that yeah. doesn't, yeah, that seems to come with the territory. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was born with that skill. But telling the, explaining to the developers what the hell Brandon's talking about at any given time, that's, that's definitely up there. But no, I would say probably prioritization. I mean, when we get to, to talking, we, we have no trouble coming up with features that we want to add and, and uh, you know, what we want the app to do in an ideal state. And I think for me, being kind of the, the primary liaison between, you know, the business goals, then handling the design, and then being the, the kind of the, the go-to for the developers from a technical standpoint, um, and translating those business goals, just understanding both what we want and can do feasibly early, like right now versus in the next three months versus next year's goals, and then just understanding the the dependencies between those right like we tend to come up with feature sets in a vacuum when we're talking from a business standpoint and then really just diving in and understanding okay to do you know this feature we need to do this first right like this is a prerequisite to this other thing and we're gonna have to put that on hold right like sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow if we're pretty excited about something um just to be able to say no like we need to we need to ride with this version for a little bit it's the core set's good um you know matt one of your pieces of advice to us early on was, hey, build the core feature set really freaking well, as opposed to trying to add everything but the kitchen sink into the app and do most of it poorly, right? And just did keeping our that? eye on that prize. I think we did a pretty good job of it. I mean, that we certainly struggle. It's an ongoing struggle, right? Like we continue today of of spinning out of control when we're, when we're discussing and brainstorming uh, features, but the main core functionality is still very much front and center, even as we add on auxiliary features, as far as, hey, the gameplay is the scoring system, right? It's the GPS has to work perfectly. The view has to illustrate what the scoring system does. 
And then the user has to be able to quickly understand how they input their score, right? And then everything else falls into place around that. Yeah, that advice for me comes in a, in twofold. One, if you have a startup or a business, I find a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, they're trying to be good at six things before they're good at one. And then from a technical and a product standpoint, uh, most of the time there's, you know, it depends on what you do, but there's anywhere between five and 20 things in what you're building that if they don't work, are they're not easy to use? And, and here, and I have rule one with that rule one is, is this annoying? And if the answer is not definitively no, then you haven't done a good job because people will just, and think about that for those of you listening, like you will find something that does everything you need and want it to do. But if it's annoying to use, you will hate it and you will learn to hate it quickly. So that's about getting started. It's about just making like just basic shit smooth because it doesn't matter what you want to build or what your pipe dream is. That's like nine steps down the line. Cause if no one ever gets past signing up, doesn't matter. And that, and that's the thing is like the expectations of the modern user are high, you know, like, and there's, I mean, there's like a billion apps out there and some of them are really great and some of them aren't, but really in the end businesses, uh, you find so many of them are good at one thing. So I was glad like really aces at one thing. And if you can just be that great at one thing, you'll usually find some success, but, and, and then you get to have a different conversation about it. All right. So yeah, you talk about that. Is that annoying? We've talked about that a lot, but I think that's one of the things I've learned is that if you ask Rule users, one. yeah, if you ask users about a feature is what do you think of this? Do you like it? They're, they're going to be nice to you because they know you're putting your blood, sweat and tears into it. But if you ask, is this annoying? they're more likely to tell you the truth. Like, yeah, that's annoying. And yep. it's been it's been nice to have. So that's been a good question that we've used a lot, both as a team, as well as with users, because that's a simple question. Yes, it's annoying. Or or if they even hesitate for a second, you know that it is. And so that's, I think it's that's a great question. That's rule one, man. That's yeah. rule one in building software and, and for, from, from my school. And it's that simple. Because like I said, man, it doesn't matter. And another thing you got to consider too with, functionality, especially things like, okay, so in golf, you might have to, like, I don't know, you might have to do it a hundred times when you play. Therefore, if it's annoying once, where are you going to be out on 90 or 95? Correct. And it's the same thing with like enterprise and just regular software. You look at like, do you, does someone have to click three times to get to an entry screen? And then after they enter it, they get to do it again. And like, how, how are you going to, you're, if you're that person, you just had to do that 50 times in a day, you're going to want to smash the computer by the end of the day. I think a lot of people build technology and they don't think about that. You got to find ways to reduce steps, you got to make it clear and easy. And you hear terms like intuitive, like there are some assumptions you can make. Like we just finished a hole. It's a fair assumption that we're going to go start another one unless it's been 18. So, you know, you just say like, and I don't know if you do this, but you might not want to be like, do you want to go and play the next hole? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I only played seven, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So all right, so and this this never happens to me, but but sometimes I'm playing with people and they're way out and they hit a nice shot and it, it, the ball it goes and it hits the green and it just slowly rolls into the hole and they're like, "Woo!" What's a moment in the history of of the PowerPoints app where you've just really felt like you dropped an eagle in and like what I mean, what was it? And tell and and Ryan, I'll I'll let you lead off here. I mean, what was the moment like, well, have you had an Eagle shot moment and uh, tell us about it and, and why was it great? 
Well, other than uh, a 17th hole come from behind victory over Brandon uh, a couple days ago, that was that was good. But you know, I just had to. I like that your eagle moment is beating Brandon, not like, hey, <laughs> yeah. the app worked. We saw the app store. Like, no, I got to beat Brandon. I would have beat myself up if I didn't mention that on this podcast at least once. But that's fair. That's but yeah, fair. I, there was one time where it was pretty early on. I think it was last fall time frame, Brandon, when we were playing at Prairie Dunes. And we were kind of on the, the the version one of the app and we were out there playing on the course and I stood over the top of a sprinkler head and they're like many courses that got yardage marked on the sprinkler head. Right. And so I'm standing over this sprinkler head. It's got 156 on it. And I pull out the PowerPoints app and I look at my app and, you know, after I'd locked in my distance, it's got a range finder on it. And it tells me I am 156, 156 yards away from the hole. And I'm sitting there holding the app over the sprinkler head thinking that sprinkler head has been there probably for you know 20 years mark that that distance and here we go we've got this app it's out in the field i'm standing here we did this right everything else is gravy the gps works and the scoring system around it works and here we go you know and if that stuff doesn't work it would have been annoying it would, it would have been that great. What about you, Brandon? Where was your dropping the eagle in from, from, from the rough or a sand trap, something? And is it beating Ryan? Uh, you know, it just happens so regularly that I don't get that excited about it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that was a good response. I'll give that to him. <laughs> so, you know, a couple parts. One is, like I said, Kevin, our, other, our co-founder, who's a scratch golfer, when, he, when it clicked with him and some of his buddies that are all really good golfers, because, like, you know, regular golfers are already good at golf. It's already fun for them. And so when they started playing differently because of the app was fun, but hands down, uh, mine involved my two boys again, going back to the, my, my boys. The first time <coughs> my youngest or my oldest did not, he's, he just missed a, a birdie putt. I'm sorry, a par putt on 18 to, to join the thousand point club. And we were walking off the hole and he said, dad, can we come play golf tomorrow? Cause I want to join the thousand point club. Like it was, it was that immediate. And normally when I'm trying to get these kids to come out and play, uh, you know, they're, they were excited. They wanted to come back. They wanted to reach that. And then we have videos of both of my boys joining the thousand point clubs. And so they both make mm. eight to 10 foot putts and you see their excitement, just pure joy and excitement of them making it. I happen to have my phone out and recorded both of them. Those are, those are my favorite memories so far without a doubt. Hey, anybody that's built tech knows that, and you talk about interesting advice. I tell people, I'm like, if you don't want to raise this platform in this product like you would a child then don't start because <laughs> it's going to be there probably still asking you for money at an older age still and you know but there is that that kind of like i don't know i'm always interested to find out what that moment is that that felt really good you know like at full scale i remember when we hired our hundredth employee within our first year of being open i was like oh wow I was like, that's crazy, you know? And then I was also like, oh shit, that's crazy. I better get back to work. So I didn't spend too much time with it. So, all right. So once again, with me today, got Ryan and Brandon, the uh, co-founders, Parpoints Golf app. Guys and gals listening, golf can be fun again. And if you like to play anyway, you really like the app. I think it's really cool. You guys have done a great job, um, you know, and that's that, that's a, I, I know that, and first off, before we get into the founder freestyle, which is how we end episodes of Startup Hustle, I say my I say my episodes of Startup Hustle because I'm not the only host of the show. Tune in on Tuesdays with Andrew Morgans, the founder of Marknology, talk all about Amazon and e-commerce and come back on Thursday 
for Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her. So, you know, overall, this has been an interesting experience for you. And you guys have been model clients. Like your team loves being on your team. And I wanted to just say thanks. Cause you know, those, that's my family over there and they're in the Philippines, they're in Cebu and you know, these guys work hard and, and I know that they love it. Cause I I'm friends with my employees on Facebook, which is dangerous on some days, but <laughs> they, they show pictures of the app and, and, and they're, they love it. And they take, had taken a lot of uh, pride in, in what they've built. So, you know, I always like to thank people for, for being cool with our team and treating them like your family and you have. So thanks again for that. Now, I mentioned that we end episodes with the Founders Freestyle, and I'm going to ask each of you what the best advice you could give someone that wants to build an app. What's the best advice you could give someone based on what you've learned so far? I'll let you guys pick on who wants to go first, because sometimes people formulate answers faster than others here. Which which one of us thinks faster, Brandon? I don't. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> everything's got to be a competition yeah. that's right ryan you want to lead us off sure sure i'll lead off um i mean i think the the best advice i can give is first of all to listen to your advice matt in that i don't think we would have made it this far without focusing on the very core functionality of the app there are so many things going on so many moving parts you've got your business side you have to take care of right we've got the development side we got the design on top of the development. We've got user testing, user outreach, marketing. You know, there's just a lot of stuff going on, especially early on when you're trying to get off the ground. And if you try to drink from that fire hose without filtering some of it out and focusing on what really matters in the app itself, then you're going to drown. I mean, I don't think we would have come this far without just focusing on the gameplay first and foremost, every step. You know, no matter what we did, when we added something, we went back and made sure, does this break or affect the core gameplay? If it does, we're going back to the drawing board. We're not putting it in. We're not spending time on it, right? This has to adhere to our core principles and what we started out doing. And then everything else managed to, to find its way into our schedule still, right? We didn't end up sacrificing anything. If anything, it freed us up to be able to take some of those other initiatives on like marketing because we knew that we were sound on the on the gameplay front brandon yeah my my i mean exactly what ryan said is is, is hit everything I, I think i would always say find good people and no matter what business whether it's building an app or investments like we do every day is find good people and never stop learning are the two things i mean and that's been probably my biggest challenge there's so much information out there but you you got to continue to find i mean listen you know listen to podcasts listen, you know reading books talking to smart people that have been there before and I think one of the interesting things that I've learned is that it's, innovation is changing so fast. You can go, you can go read a book from a guy who started an app 15 years ago, and it's a whole different story. I mean, there's, you know, versus a guy who did it 12 months ago. The technology is changing so fast, you have to constantly be learning. And I think that's the important piece. You make sure you find people that are good at it, get out of their way, trust them, and have a lot of fun because it's a lot of work. All right. So I'll parlay off of that. Um, a few things here. One, the world of tech is changing. And I think that I see a lot of people make mistakes when it comes to what they choose. Um, you guys picked React Native, which is super popular, super 
utilitarian and it and it solves that problem of do you have an iOS or an Android app? I talk to people constantly that have made the wrong decision and they end up having to build two different products and they could have avoided that, you know, and 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 so if you're thinking about building an app, know that there's a cross compatible nature to a lot of stuff that's out there. Um, I, and then, you know, really, I think the, uh, you know, to kind of parlay off your guys general sense of excitement and attitude, start your business and build your company around things you like doing things that you're passionate about. If you're not passionate about the solution or the product or whatever it is you're building, uh, just, it doesn't, I mean, it's not as fun. And if, and, you know, like you said, whether it's an excuse to play more golf or just seeing the joy or having your kids ask, Hey, can we come play golf tomorrow? Like there's a ridiculous deeming quality in that regardless. And, you know, that's fun. And I've always kind of told I've used selling plastic as like the shittiest job ever, in my opinion. I'm like, oh God, I could be selling plastic. But, you know, so I decided 15 years ago that my hobby was making money and I haven't worked a day since guys. And I believe that. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Because if you like what you do, you're passionate about the solution you're finding or the product that you've built, it makes it fun, even on the days when it sucks. And maybe the rangefinder doesn't work. And you're like, God, what's wrong here? Why did this crash or whatever? But it's that passion that drives you. And it's also that passion that is going to be noticed when you try to scale the business, you try to find investors, you try to get other people involved. No one can smell a passionless pitch and founder and company and leaders more than other people that know how to look for that. And if you're not passionate about it, you're probably gonna quit. So guys, uh, I'm looking forward to doing some cool stuff. I don't have details yet, but we wanna to try to get some people in the Startup Hustle community involved. You know, Matt Watson is a worse golfer than I am. So <laughs> I'm sensing, and, and the other cast members on the Startup Hustle, uh, uh, on Startup Hustle TV, except for Joel Johnson, who's a scratch golfer, which, so, you know, we might all play against him or something. I don't know, but we're going to see where you, you we're, we're going to see this again. I want to, I think it's a good opportunity for maybe us to do something fun and interesting and get outside and get some exercise. Uh, you know, one thing I should probably tell you on the way out, not only am I a terrible golfer, I actually grew up with a house that backed up to a golf course. <laughs> I have, and a dad who wanted me to play. So I have zero excuses for sucking at golf, but I'm going to get past that and get out there with PowerPoint golf app. See you guys next time. All right. Thanks, Thanks man. Appreciate it. Great time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.